by the sons of Korah, that is the descendants of Korah, these guys that were related to each other who were Levites in the temple. We see that again, it's dedicated to the chief musician. This is where these men did their work. And uh, it is called a song for Alamot. Now, we don't know what Alamot means in Hebrew. It may be some kind of music, musical direction, but we don't know. Um, it's only found two places in scripture. And when you have a very small sample of a word sometimes, it's hard to know what in the world it means. You can try to figure out if it is related to another word you can sometimes go to other literature and see how it was used in other ways, but the commentators can't figure out exactly what this word means. So we trust that if it's really necessary for the Church of Jesus Christ, God will make it known to us. In any case, the Psalm reads this way. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. Selah. There's a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Jehovah of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Now this psalm breaks up, fairly obviously, into three different parts. And they're marked off by the Selahs. In verses 1 through 3, we see all this earthly tumult and chaos. This is a noisy psalm. In verses 4 through 7, we see the calm prevailing. Not here on earth, but in heavens and in the hearts of those who are heavenly made. And then finally, we see God speaking, and we see him who is the one who brings calm out of chaos. Now, here's the one, well, I ought to back up and say, some of you, many of you know of Martin Luther's hymn, A Mighty Fortress. And as a matter of fact, one of the settings for Psalm 46 in our psalm book, uses the tune he wrote. 
So if we were singing Psalm 46C, we would be using Luther's tune. But he took Psalm 46 as the basis for this. And, um, well, there are a lot of parallels, obviously. But God uh, here is said to be our refuge and strength. He is the fortress in which we can be safe. The fortress where we need not worry about trouble from the outside or even trouble on the inside. Now, as I say, this is a noisy psalm, and boy, just imagine the noise of ground being removed, mountains sliding off or being thrown into the midst of the ocean, waters roaring like a big hurricane and troubled. And maybe some of you have seen pictures on the news of the mess that is around Monterey, California right now where levees have broken and water is just pouring in all over the place. It's tragic to see. And it's not a trickle. It's not a gentle sort of stream. It is a big, muddy flow. And the mountains are shaking with the swelling of the earth. All this is noisy and it's chaotic and it's dangerous. You know, we, we talk about, maybe some of you know of the Latin phrase terra firma, firm ground. Sometimes the ground is not firm. Now, I, we mentioned earlier about some of you being California expatriates, and you know about that, but some of you may not know, many of you may not know, that there is a fault line not terribly far from us here. And since Judy and I have lived here, there was a moderate earthquake. It cracked buildings in Anna, Ohio. That's only about um, a 45-minute drive from here. There have been earthquakes there before. So even here in Ohio, you know, you can have earthquakes. There's a little fault line up by Cleveland. And so you know, we have this happening. We think everything is firm and established, and all of a sudden stuff starts jiggling around. Now, you Californians may not think of this too much, but... When this hit back in 1987, maybe, why we had a couple little brass animals that friends from Pennsylvania had given us when we moved here. And they used to be, I don't know if they still are, sitting on Judy's dresser, which has a plate glass top to it. And they started dancing on the glass top and rattling. And that's what woke us up. And the bed was shaking a little bit. And what's going on? Well, we figured it out, but um, sometimes earthquakes can be even worse than that. That which we depend upon, the solid earth, we expect it to be firm and to bear us up. It starts shaking, and our world is literally shaken. Now, we sometimes have things more figurative where what we depended upon and what we thought was firm and a help to us, it's suddenly shaken. We have financial reverses. We've been seeing in the news the last couple of days about this big bank out in California that has failed. Or there may be bereavements. I follow on, trying to think which social medium, uh, several young widows and how 
they expected they'd have a long life with their husband and one was killed in a hunting accident. Another took his own life. Another woke up, well, she woke up and here he was dead beside her. And that is a tremendous thing. It's not a mountain falling into the sea, but it's taking your life and tearing it in half. So we have other things that happen in our lives. And where can we find stability? Where can we find help? Well, though all these waters are surging and the storm is raging and the mountains are splashing, we have another view in verses 4 through 7. Here is water again, but now it's a gentle river. The streams make glad the city of God. Now, the water in the scripture is so often used. It's a common picture. We see, for example, in the creation of Eden, that right there is a river flowing from it that branches into four streams. Adam and Eve are driven away from that gentle water. But we can see in the prophecies of Ezekiel a new picture of a renewed water of life and it's flowing from the new temple and this is picked up in the book of Revelation as well. Most importantly, we see our Lord Jesus speaking of himself as the living water. When he speaks to the woman at the well in Sychar in John chapter 4. So ultimately, when we are seeing the refreshing waters of verse 4, we should be thinking particularly of Jesus. Now, in Jerusalem, there's no river nearby. The closest river is the Jordan. And that's like 18 miles away down this dangerous windy path. And you go down 3,000 feet. If anyone's listening to me where you have metric, that's a thousand meter drop in the space of 18 miles. It's a pretty steep slope. People aren't going to go down there to haul, well, to fill up and then haul back up that slope for however many kilometers it is, but 18 miles or so. Uh, they're not going to be hauling water for cooking, for washing, and for whatever else might be needed. So all they have is a, a, a spring there, the spring of Gihon. So what is being talked about here by the sons of Korah? Well, it is the stream of God's favor, the stream of God's redemption that is found embodied in our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who is a very present help in trouble. We don't have to go looking far for trouble, excuse me, for help from trouble. Actually, we don't have to look very far for trouble sometimes. We shouldn't go looking for trouble. Uh, but we don't have to go far to look for help in trouble. I was um, kind of recommending, I guess I was flat out recommending this ebook, Hoi Moon, and I just got a question from a friend of mine in uh, East Asia who was asking. Who is Mary Adams that's mentioned here as one of the missionaries? And I didn't know. And I was trying to, I told her, well, I'll try to find out. And I thought, now, how can I find this out? I don't want to lose my place in the ebook and start doing a search. I can do that later. Finally hit me, oh, I know somebody 
that might be able to tell me. So finally I figured it out and just instant messaged the lady just today, not the Mary Adams, but what might be an in-law. So I thought of that, but she lives up in Detroit. She's not really close at hand. But the help in trouble that we have is one who is near to us indeed. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is the living water. He is God with us. Emmanuel, as he is called in the prophecy of Isaiah. He is the one who is our help. He is the one who is our protection. He is the one who upholds us even in the midst of great noise, of great chaos, of great destruction. Because God is in the midst of his church, she shall not be moved. Mountains are flung into the sea, but the church won't be moved. Might be attacked, but will not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. Or is it sometimes translated, and that right early? That's kind of more Middle English, but we get the picture. The nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. All this great group of enemies try to attack from the outside, and God, particularly Christ, just disperses. And how is this? Well, Jehovah of hosts, that is, the covenant God who changes not, the God of grace, who commands all the armies of heaven. He's with us. All these others are against us, but he is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And so, just for an additional encouragement, come behold the works of the Lord. It is he who has made desolations in the earth. But he also calms the chaos. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth, particularly those wars against his people. They may have great groups of archers and spearmen. Bows are broken, and you can hear the snap and the twang in your mind. He cuts, the, excuse me, he cuts the spear in two, and you can hear again the crunch of the spear shaft being cut. And you can hear the crackling of the flames around the chariots. With all this noise, uh, we've been speaking to and speaking about God, but now God in kindness speaks to us. Be still. Don't fret. Don't worry. Don't cry out in fright. Be still. Know that I am God. Those around you, those who hate you for my sake, they try to show how big and important they are, but I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. In response, the people of God say, Jehovah of hosts, Jehovah Sabaoth is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. So as we sing this, and by the way, I've used this, I remember visiting a new widow the morning after her husband died suddenly in the hospital. And I went through this psalm with her. And it struck her almost as funny that I, as a very young pastor, this was my boss who died, the head pastor, the lead pastor at Rose Point, 
who was supposed to do Judy's and my wedding in a few months. She thought it kind of funny that I picked this because, well, but no, you know, your life is being torn apart. It's like a mountain's been thrown into the sea. And so I wanted to give you assurance of this, and it was a help to her. So when we have troubles, and just have been reading uh, a few days ago, maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, in the book of Job, where one of his three friends says, man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. All right. I don't know how many of you kids have been around a bonfire or a campfire. Do you ever see sparks go zipping into the ground? No, they always go up. Heat drives them up. It's certain they're going to go up. Well, so it is that we're going to have trouble. But in the midst of trouble, God is our refuge and strength. Let us look to him. Let us look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us call out to him, depend upon him, and expect him to care for us, for he will.